is up, party people? This is Tyler. This is Danny. And we're the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. This week, if you read the episode title, you'll probably know that it's Terrifier 2. Merry fucking Christmas to ourselves. I know, right? That's awesome. I don't care if it's set around Halloween. This is our Christmas present to ourselves. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, here to get stoned to talk about horror movies, and the first part of that is getting stoned. So we will do what we always do to start off our episodes and get to our green hits. Danny, what is this, Jay, that I am smoking today? Nice. So earlier in the week, I stopped by Flower and picked up some Durban Poison. And for Ooh. those who are unfamiliar... Durban Poison is a pure sativa. It was uh, grown in the port city of Durban in South Africa. It says that uh, Ed Rosenthal, who is an American cannabis activist, he's the one who discovered it and brought it back to the States in 1970s. Now, with this particular strain, it is potent because some of the THC's levels can get up to the upper 20s. This one over at Flower right around 20%. Terpenes on this, as far as the ones that are most prominent, are the alpha-limonene, beta-caryophyllene, followed by alpha-pinene and alpha-humulene. So with that, you'll get some lemon, cinnamon, and pine notes. And the effects on this one are a little bit more energizing and creative. Hell yeah. I did not go to flower this week. Mixed it up, went to top shelf for the first time in a bit, stopped through. And so today you have some sour mints. Now, Sour Mints is a cross between Sour OG and Kush Mints. And I was just like, couldn't find much. Well, Sour OG is a little bit better. It basically, so the Kush Mints is a cross of Animal Mints and Bubba Kush. And then the Sour OG's uh, Sour D and OG Kush ends up being a kind of pretty down the middle hybrid. This one is testing at just under 24% THC. And I do have a little bit of terpene information here, but my fucking QR reader wasn't working to get into the the nitty gritty on this. So what am I looking at here? It looks like it's going to be mostly myrcene, followed by caryophyllene and pinene. Okay. Although the Mercine is legitimately like seven times more than either of those other two. So that's what you're going to mostly be looking at for the Terps. Only like 1.4% Terps on it. But I had one earlier when I watched the movie. I liked it. Hope you do too. Yeah. No complaints. Uh, As always, we like to remember everybody, uh, go check out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash fried squirms. At the lowest level, you could have listened to this last week. I think I got it all lined up again. I mentioned a couple episodes ago that like somehow we got fucked up, but it should be in line again. You should actually get an episode early now. We're not all lined up. Middle level, you start getting our Patreon-only episodes. We just got done doing a Cannibal Holocaust. That was a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Going back to that movie was uh, quite the trip and probably good warm-up for what we're getting ourselves into this week. And at that top one, you could be chatting with us on the Discord. We'll let you know when we're recording. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Maybe if we get better at Discord, you could hear us live? Like, I know voice is a thing on Discord. I'm I'm sure we could set it up so that you guys wouldn't be yelling back at us and interrupting (laughs) our recording, but you could probably hear us as we do this. that'd be kind of cool. I mean, if you're a big enough fan, I feel like that'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah. Honestly, why not? 
We're sociable. So, <laughs> so jump in on that shit. Anyway, what did I say? Patreon.com slash fried squirms. Check it out. I'm just falling all over myself because I want to get to this movie. Let's get to the guts and bolts of Terrifier 2. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts of Terrifier 2. Who and what went into the making of this movie? Spoiler free. Start off with our spoiler free setup for the movie. It's a year later. Art the Clown is back. A year after the massacre that occurred in the first Terrifier, we, we did the first Terrifier on here, right? Yeah. We Go did. back to that episode. year after that massacre, a young lady is preparing to go out for a night with her friends while her younger brother is simultaneously getting in trouble for things he may or may not have done. Mmm. And Art's back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That shit's about to go down. What does art do? Art kills a lot of things. Yes. That's not a spoiler. No. Art kills. So you have a slasher starring Art the Clown. I mean, maybe to be fair to this movie, like they're dealing with grief because of a loss in their family. And it revolves a, a lot amongst the character that she's dressing up as. And that's kind of all but the setup for this. But Absolutely. it's it's a slasher. <laughs> How much it some of that actually little. matters, it's up to you. <laughs> nice. Of course, from week to week, we like to talk about our cast and crew. And this week, because we've got the return of art, <laughs> and that entails the return of our director, our writer. He's also the editor and one of the producers on this, and I'm talking about Damien Leone. Of course, we talked about him back on episode 93. That kind of blew my mind, dude. I didn't think it was that long ago that we did Jeez. Terrifier. And then, because of that, he's also known for All Hallows' Eve, Frankenstein vs. the Mummy, and The Ninth Circle, which is a short film as well. The cinematographer on this is George Stuber. He's also known for episode 93, which we did Terrifier. He's also known for All Hallows' Eve and Frankenstein vs. the Mummy. Music was composed by Paul Wiley. Big surprise here. He was also on episode 93 for Terrifier, and he's also the composer for Frankenstein vs. the Mummy. Producers... Damien Leone, Phil Falcone, George Stuber, Michael, and Jason Levy, along with Stephen Della Sala. Production companies on this are Dark Age Cinema and Fuzz on the Lens Productions. The distributors were bloody disgusting for the 2022 All Media here in the United States and Cinedime Entertainment Group. They helped with the United States theatrical release here in 2022. All right, release dates, we got a few of them. August 29th, 2022 in the United Kingdom at the Fright Fest also September 22nd, 2022, here in the States at the Fantastic Fest. And then it had a theatrical run starting on October 6th, 2022, here in the States. Had an estimated budget of about $250,000, and it grossed a little over $11.92 million. And the tagline is, Who's Laughing Now? All right, now getting into the cast, um, depending on how you follow this, I just kind of, I, I piece it together my own. Try to make it make more mm -hmm. sense, I suppose. But I'm going to start off with David Howard Thornton, who returns in the role as Art the Clown. Now, of course, we talked about him back on episode 93 in Terrifier. He's also known for Nightwing Ex Escalation, which was a television series back in 2016 through 17, where he played the Joker. It was really neat. He's also in The Exigency and The Dark Offerings. All right, we have Amelia McLean. She plays a little pill girl and Emily Crane in this film. 
Now, a few things of note from her. She was in Transference. She's also in the Horror Heathen, which is a podcast series as the Little Pill Girl. She is also in General Hospital, which is a television series from 2020 through 21. All right, we've got Lauren Lavera playing the role of Sienna Shaw. A few things of note from her. She was in Clinton Road, the film Wetlands, A Tale of Christmas. She was also part of the Horror Heathen podcast series, As Sienna. And she's also in Gilly and Keeves, the special. Um, for those who aren't unfamiliar with Gilly and Keeves, highly recommend it, especially if you like uh, some crass humor. Okay. Yeah, man, he's got um, Shane Gillis. I wish I could remember what his buddy's name is, but anywho. Elliot Fulham plays the role of Jonathan Shaw, which is the brother of Sienna Shaw. A few things of note from him, he was in Get Rolling with Otis, which is an animated series from 2021 through 2022, and the Calling television series from this year. All right, we've got Sarah Voigt. She plays the role of Barbara Shaw, the mother of the Shaws. All right, a few things of note from her, she was in the film Eve All, A Job to Die For, and Ball and Bass. We've got Casey Hartnett plays the role of Allie. A few things of note from her, she was in the film Dr. Leibenstein, I Want More, I Want Less, and What We Found. We've got Amy Rush, she plays Allie's mom. A few things of note from her, she was in Till Proven Innocent, The Post, and The Girl Who Got Away. We've got Kaylee Hyman, who was Brooke, which is one of Sienna's friends. A few things of note from her, she was in Second Thoughts, and she was also part of Gillian Keyes, the television series back in 2021. All right, we've got Charlie McElveen, who plays Jeff, who is Brooke's boyfriend. A few things of note from him. He was in Hide and Bleed and The Morning Breeze. Now, we've got a couple of people who make little spot appearances, so I didn't really give them full credit, but I will mention them at least by name. So first person I have is Chris Jericho. Walls of Jericho. Right, Bring the Walls Down, the Lion Tamer, all that fun shit, a.k.a. one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> He was actually, I know this is way off tangent, but he was the first undisputed world champion in, yeah. I think, the WWE. He won two matches in one night to win both belts. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, with that being said, he makes a little spot appearance as Burke, who's like a nurse in a psychiatric ward. <laughs> All right. We also have the return of Samantha Scafidi. Plays Victoria Vicky Hayes. We talked about her way back on episode 93, of course, because of Terrifier. So she's reprising a role. All right. We also have Felissa Rose, who appears as Miss Principe. Mm-hmm. She's like one of the teachers. Now, we talked about her, of course, way back on episode 39 when we talked about Sleepaway was Camp. that long ago? Yeah. In episode 95. Skies she, out, thighs out. Yeah. She was also in Death House. Um, I guess just a few other things of note from her for those who are curious. She was in Camp Dread. She was also in Silent Night, Zombie Night, The Perfect House, and Victor Crowley, which is actually a pretty fun slasher. We also have Tamara Glenn, who pairs as the shopping mother. A few things of note from her, she's actually got some cool stuff. She was in Halloween Part 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers as Samantha Thomas. She was also Laura in an episode of the anthology series Freddy's Nightmares back in 89. And... She was also a part of Miami Vice and Growing Pains television series. So, uh, yeah, there's just a few people of note there. That's our cast and crew. You gave us a setup. Should give our listeners some warnings. And, oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Ooh. What shouldn't we warn you about? In a slasher sense, this is the most extreme movie we've ever done. Yeah, I would say so. Right up there with it. If not the... Beyond just slashers... Comparing it to other kinds of movies, this is up there. It's hard to disagree with that. This is like, 
I was about to say non-comedic. It's a different kind of comedic. This is a dark comedy for sure, but... Yeah. Mm. Emphasis on the dark. Because <laughs> I was going to say, this is kind of like a... Blood and gore-wise, maybe not the amounts, right. but what you see is more comparable to Adam Chaplin than a normal slasher. Yeah. That was actually one of the first films that came to mind when you said that. I don't know how to properly warn someone for this movie. I mean, it's going to make you feel a certain way because it it gets brutal. It's fucking brutal. It's like... (laughs) Every time you think it stops, it continues. Oh, yeah. Yes. Anytime any other movie would have stopped, it gives you... The Lord of the Rings ending, where it doesn't stop for another 17 stop points. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, but wait, there's more. Anytime a, a, any other movie would have panned away and never shown you anything, it continues to show you. Mm-hmm. No, it wants you to know shit is going down. This has more in common with a splatter flick yeah. than your average slasher. Yeah, it does bounce back and forth between those worlds so that's the warning it's fucking mean and brutal Mm -hmm. and the kills are outrageous they are truly truly outrageous yeah you could argue i think you can make an argument for it being i'm putting air you know air quotes here an extreme horror film i think you can make the argument that it's extreme you can make the argument that it is Maybe a more action-y torture porn. Yeah. It's hard to (laughs) argue with that, too. I know those tend to involve people tied in place and not really being able to react to what they're doing, just as a general rule. (laughs) Or being trapped somewhere, Yeah, if you want to go into, like, the saw of it all. Yeah. But uh, it's hard to say that this movie isn't one of those. I mean, if This is more fucked up than the first two Hostels. Yeah, I would agree, man. I haven't seen three, so I can't comment. I can't, I can't comment on that one. But I have seen the first two, for sure. Like, that's the level we're talking about. Man, that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil too much right now, but that's that's a solid point. I don't want to make too many comparisons and whatnot. And I know that those are also aren't the craziest movies ever, but I feel like that's the the most mainstream comparison I can give. Because when, yeah. if you get any yeah. more mainstream than that, then you start getting into movies that aren't this at all. Not even close at that point. You can't compare this to The Conjuring. You can't compare this to Halloween, bro. No, man. That's like... Like, even the stuff. latest Halloweens, yeah. where they did get pretty brutal, especially Kills. Kills got fucked up, right? Right, but no. not on this level. <laughs> not even close. And that's probably saying a lot for some people. Yeah. If the amount of brutality of the kills in Halloween Kills disturbed you, that's like a quarter. That's a baby step. Exactly. It's like you're just getting your feet wet. So that's our warning for <laughs> yeah, this movie. Exactly. Be prepared. This is one of the movies that I would warn harder than almost like the only things I'm warning harder with about is shit with like like obviously like a Serbian film mm. because of NBP. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that goes the extra mile there. Bone Tomahawk? Tame. Oh, in comparison to this? Yeah, no way. Fuck out of here. You might as well be watching Death Howls or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get in and talk about this movie. And find out how it made us squeal. 
How does that make you squeal? All right, so I know that he's only had two feature-length films. These performances cement art as an all-time, right? I would hope so. Like, this is incredible. This is a fucking landmark. He does a great job. This one especially. Yeah. I mean, he was really good in In Terrifier. But yeah, he definitely ramps it up in this one. Bro, this is the slasheriest slasher I can fucking think of. This is nuts. I was not expecting what we were getting in this one. That's why I was excited for the mere fact, like, I'd already seen this, you know, prior to us reviewing it. So, you know, I already had a little bit of advanced knowledge. But that's I'm impressed that you kept so shut up about this movie all this time. I did not want to spoil anything for you. (laughs) This is like, he needs to see this without me kind of pumping shit up. But yeah, I was tickled pink, especially after the first time watching it. I was like, holy fuck. I feel fucking bad that we didn't make a trip to catch it in the theater now after having seen it. We really should have. I have a feeling at some point it'll probably get a... Good, and I hope... The the only thing that I wouldn't like about a re-release of this movie mm-hmm. is how much of the audience is going to be people who have seen it before. Right, I, exactly. It's nice to get those first impressions because you can't <laughs> replicate that, man. For this too, dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that kind of makes me wonder because we've talked about this in the past where I understand it from like a marketing standpoint where you hear at movie festivals like, oh, people were fainting and throwing up and all that other stuff. But in this instance, I, I kind of believe I, it. I, I could, I could see it. I, I could actually honestly believe that with certain scenes in this film. So let's talk about that for a second, yeah. because this is kind of like the latest iteration of the little movie that could. <laughs> no doubt. Wow. Like this was what? $250,000 budget. Yeah, 250K. That's crazy. And was only supposed to be a, one week special screening in theaters, basically like when me and you went to Clerks 3. Right, exactly. It's supposed to, you know, just this limited five-day event so that it has a theatrical screening. It was probably like, I don't know, probably like 500 screens nationwide. We could probably look it up, you know what I mean? And I think, and word of mouth hit so fucking hard on this that it got extended to three weeks, which doesn't sound like a long time. But when you consider that it was only supposed to be, like, four nights. Yeah, and you get three weeks out of the deal. And then we've already talked about the gross, almost $12 million. That's Off that's of 250 nuts. That is nuts, dude. That's mind-boggling, really, if you think about it. And it was partially fueled off of media reports, which I don't, I don't know what the news cycle was that week. You know what helps... Honestly, I think it was maybe only one or two people were like, I vomited, I fainted, but like BuzzFeed picked up on it. I was going to say what what I think really gives them an upper hand, too, is having Bloody Disgusting. Bloody Uh, Disgusting picked up on it. Yeah. And right there, uh, (laughs) we've talked about this, too, in the past, kind of off air. It's like, it's funny how we'll do a film, a review, and then we'll read on there and like in their editorial will be a film we reviewed. Yo. Yeah. So funny. (laughs) Any of our intrepid listeners out there with too much time, or if you just like have an afternoon where you get really stoned and want to go on like a really weird journey, go check like any one of our episodes. Almost look up the date that it dropped. 
go to Bloody Disgusting and look up news articles within two weeks of that. And almost every single time. And it's usually post after we put our episode out. Yes. So it's not like they put so the article biting, out. They have something implanted saying. in our fucking brains, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's, yeah, it's not us who are the ones recording an episode based off an article they wrote. It's like we did an episode. We I put hardly it out. ever check Bloody Disgusting, to be honest. Every, every so often I'll jump back on there to just kind of see what's going on because for the same reason, I don't go in there as much as I used to, but I still like them. I really do. They do a good job. But so many times, the, art, the Tetsuo one was weird, right? Like, yeah. we did Tetsuo, the Iron Man, There's and, a like, a week later, bizarre. there was, like, two or three think pieces on it from different places, yeah, and we're like, like, what is happening, dude? <laughs> who put Tetsuo, the Iron Man, back in the zeitgeist, and how was it uh, us? Maybe we have a weird finger on the pulse, and I'm glad it is weird, but nonetheless, somewhere in that mix. Anyway, <laughs> Terrifier got the bloody disgusting bump. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it was beyond that. Like, I saw some, I was going to say, like, bigger-time news places being like, this little fucking horror movie has people leaving the fucking theater because it is nasty. It wasn't that long, what, two months ago? Yeah. At this point, so, yeah. That was right before Halloween as well. So I remember that because that was during our run of all the stuff that entailed October. Right. Got so much stuff. And I kind of snuck one in because I knew we we had, it might have been for the Patreon. I think that's when I snuck this view in. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's when I snuck it in. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that's about right. So, I mean, I said it once, I'll say it again. This is an all-time. But I feel privileged having watched this (laughs) yesterday and today again. Yeah, hell yeah. Because this is absolutely going to be remembered as an all-time great. There's no reason not to. This this film, is better than most uh, most entry from any other slasher. I, I can't argue with you. I was gonna say there's a few franchises that I mean they're independent. I've already brought up one of them with Victor Crowley. But that's coming off of Hatchet. Right. So there's some of those that are still fun, but they don't hit like this. No, I mean they they can get they're good. Yeah, no, they're they're fun. They tend to be a little bit more on the comedic side of of their slashing because it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more fantastical where this is i'd say more visceral you know because that shit is fluid this is brutal dude yes (laughs) this is brutal brutal and i'm all for it man this is house that jack built brutal yeah yeah yeah, it goes there there's some scenes where i'm like wow that's that was it's like wow holy shit. I took more notes for this movie than I have in a long time just because I didn't want to forget any of the kills. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, Most time we good. skip over some we're like, what was one you liked best? Bro, the kills. <laughs> Once again, so the first movie was good. Terrifier was good. Yeah, no, but I, we I remember we we both end, sort of ended up being like it's good, it does what it's supposed to do, but it's really just a vehicle for art. Exactly. This is still just a vehicle for art, 100%. This is to get to the kills, but the story is better. Yeah. It's still not super great. great. No, but it's still, I think, more engaging. Our final girl? Great. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed her performance. And that's that's why I was like, this has the feel of a Hallmark, you know, slasher film. And you kind of know where it's going the entire time. The movie doesn't really make any bones about it. Right. But because the movie isn't afraid to hide it, 
it almost heightens the tension because you're just waiting for that final yes. showdown to finally occur. So the, yeah, there's anticipation. It's long as balls. Yeah, I would say that is one of the drawbacks in this film. It's just it's long. I don't mind it, but it is long. I'm, I'm going to get this out of the way. My biggest critique of this movie is it's better than the first one story-wise. It still doesn't get into great category. It's still not like a super thinker. Oh, no. Well, it's never good. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good <laughs> yeah. slasher. You don't have to be a good thinker. But it doesn't push into great category because it's not really one movie. It's like two two-thirds of movies. Oh, yeah. That were smushed Merged. together. Because, like, the first little over half of this movie works really well by itself, but doesn't really cap off in any good way. Yeah. And the last, like, two-thirds of this movie actually works really well by itself, but doesn't really start in any way. Yeah. And they just kind of blend them in the middle, and art's entertaining enough that you don't care that it yeah. It's not really the same movie. They should have been two different movies. Yeah, it's, there is an interesting... And I think what helps is knowing, too, that the short that this is based off of, you know, it shows you a little bit more on the supernatural side of art, mm -hmm. like what he's about. And so having watched that when we first did Terrifier, I was like, oh, okay, this makes more sense why his character is able to do what he does. I mean, this particular film makes more implications toward that. I mean, it's, you know. So I still haven't watched the short. What can you tell me from that that's going to help make all this make a little bit more it's sense? Stuff like, all right, and this gets into the spoiler, mm -hmm. you know, because this is where we're at. But, like, how he resurrects, how, why he's not able to die the way he dies and shit like that, it's more implicit in the short. It makes no bones about the fact that he is supernatural and can almost like transport himself at will in certain areas. I don't know what his range is. Okay. But for instance, there's a gal who just happens to stop at a, I don't know, a convenience store to get some gas or whatever. She needs gas. And Art's already fucking killed the dude inside, and so she can't get any help. So she's stuck there. And he winds up tormenting her to while she finally escapes, where she thinks she escapes to like this little, I think it's a farmhouse or some shit. But he appears out of the dirt and stuff like that. So mm. it's like there's all these things that are like, how the hell is he? He's, he's supernatural. Or there's something that possesses him to become supernatural. Something of that sense. Okay. So like I said, that that would make this film and the, the one previous, this Terrifier, make more sense on, in terms of why he's able to do what he's able to do. Because that's the other thing. Like Terrifier, he's definitely arguably supernatural. But it's really not played till the end when you realize he didn't die. Right, exactly. And but, it's like, it, what? but a lot of the stuff he does in that movie is still mostly plausible. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. you could write it off as like, this dude just, he knows his shit. <laughs> this one we have him legit like fretting himself into dreams. Oh, that's what I'm getting at. So there's all these, I was going to say surreal, but it's not really surreal, but... If you're not familiar, it can be. Like, what the mm -hmm. fuck is going on right now? I mean, there's definitely not just him being supernatural, but some sort of wider supernatural world considering where Sierra ends up by the end of it. Yeah. So it's it makes total sense. And I'm that, wondering how much they're eventually ever going to flesh that out. I'm wondering, because if I'm not mistaken, I think they're already in pre-production or somewhere in that mix with... Three. Yeah. Which... 
the ending of this, you know there's oh, going to be a three. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how can there not be? And then after the success... Well, how do you up from this? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we did get well, Human Centipede, too, so I guess... I know. But the thing I think what might help them, too, is, is just reading a little bit on this, is they had already filmed this, I think, after the first one had already released. Mm. Somewhere like that. So it wasn't like... The first one released, and they waited a bunch of time. Like that, I think they filmed them almost in, in succession. Okay. Yeah. So even though this one got released this year, I think they said they they wrapped up filming in like twenty nineteen or twenty twenty with this one, something like that. So they might have given that time to think about that between film, like the end of that one, this you know it's released now, and what they want to do with the third one. So they like two three years. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hope they flesh some of this stuff out. I guess my other big critique is as much as I liked it, at times the soundtrack really doesn't match this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. There, I, yeah. But it's not so bad that it's jarring. And in fact, like upon rewatch, I almost liked it a little bit more because it kind of made the whole thing kind of its own, almost like an amusement ride. Yeah. It's like the music kept flowing it was the track that i was flowing on rather than it matching the tension of the scene you know for coming off the theme of soundscape <clears throat> and sound design and all that stuff i didn't really pay attention in much of this yeah. film which is because i didn't really notice it as much and i did really like it yeah. it's just that there was times when i was like cool so <laughs> here's some lo-fi beats for me to study to it wasn't yeah. lo-fi it was more synth wave type right. stuff but you know exactly. what i mean i was like cool, I'm mellowed out, and what the fuck is going on on screen? Yeah, in contrast to all of that, so. Like I said, depending on how you let it hit you, the second time through, it was almost just like I was on an amusement park ride with yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel that too. It's pretty chill. Whew. All right, we've been talking about this. Let's get into some of the kills. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally down for it, so. Because, I mean, I mean it opens the story is cool. But it's mostly cool because she's a way better. She's a. I mean, she. I, yeah, I'll go ahead and say she's this. a good final girl. This she's, actress is. She's a, a top she's a five final final girl. She's a lot better, and that's no discredit to uh, Samantha Scafidi from the first one. It's just this gal has more of a background in like martial arts and stunt work, so she's going to feel a little bit more authentic in this role. And they just spent more time with making us care. Exactly. No, absolutely, because we're dropped into the middle of the story in the first one, so I agree with that. Uh, but it worked. Development. Yeah, it totally did. Even though once, as I said, you know where it's going almost from the get-go, just by the costume she's making. Uh, yes, and if you've ever seen any of the stills, it's kind of like, it's implication, or it's, you can draw certain things from just her, her character alone in that outfit. Yeah, she's like this avenging valkyrie right I and mean, she's got the wings she's you know has like this purity thing um so, so yeah like queen phoenix or something like yeah, that yeah it's, i'm cool with that it was just this character her dad used to doodle for her and tell her stories about her when she was growing up yeah and kept saying you know grow up to be like her really you know cute touching little story i mean we keep saying how much better they are it's not like a, a Tony Collette oh. in hereditary emotional performance. No. But it's enough to do what it needs to do. Right. It makes it to where anybody watching this, you know, if you have a family or if you lost somebody, it's something that you can relate to. So 
Yeah, it makes sense. It, like I said, it's not complicated, but you can relate to it. But the movie is a vehicle for art to get from kill to kill. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good point, because we need victims, and how do you get to these victims? You need, in this case, a heroine to feed mm-hmm. off of that. So, yeah. We start with the coroner kill. Wasn't expecting him to just completely rip the head apart. That was pretty wild, because that is exactly where the first one leaves off at, mm-hmm. because the dude's about to get fucked up <laughs> when this shit's going down. And then we get to see what actually happens to him. And you're right, he gets brutalized. And this is just the first, what, couple moments in the film? Yeah. He's getting brutalized already. <laughs> I was like, yes. what the fuck am I... All right. <laughs> It was kind of like uh, Pedro Pascal getting his head caved in in Game of Thrones, except outwards. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> this motherfucker, he goes in the laundromat, homeboy's in there sleeping, and he starts to, I don't know if you want to say, because other people can see her. Not everybody. Not everybody. Right. So I don't know if it's a hallucination or if it's just a part of that supernatural world he's encompassed with, encompassed in. I don't know that for sure. I feel like she is the closest thing we have to like a ghost in this movie. I can and see so that like too, some like... of the people that are attuned to what's going on can be like see her, mm-hmm. but it yeah, doesn't. Mean, but know. it doesn't mean that she's there. You know what I mean? Right. Like exactly. as, as much as like that weird spirit ghost type shit works. Right. Uh, that could be a almost like a. I, th- I won't say a figment, but you were right. Like, it could be a, like a, a victim of his, perhaps, who he's now manifesting as like this little psychic clown girl. I, I sh- meant to pause it on the newspaper clipping that we get of when she was killed. It's definitely implied that she was one of his victims, but why she's the one that keeps coming back to him. That is something I hope, if they go in, back into this story, hopefully they'll... Make a little more sense of that. We'll who knows. We'll see. Because either that or she was before he was art. Maybe she's part of his origin story. But I feel like the newspaper clipping, the little bit uh, that I was able to scan really quick, well, like I caught her name and shit. You know, too, if it's at that carnival, whatever, terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already themed with clowns and shit. So perhaps it's just a part of that motif. Maybe. Maybe they both got killed there. And that's why they're now... Killer clowns. Oh, boy, that would be a fucking wild-ass story. Like, he was a a victim of a former clown or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now he's encompassing this spirit of... Who knows, but... Whatever, she's around. What I kept thinking her of was she kind of reminded me of the Skull Kid from Headless. Yeah. You know, that's that's a good comparison. That's very similar. She's better. Yeah. She's (laughs) a lot more menacing. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Kind of reminded me of the Skull Kid. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So, what, she pisses blood? Dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm still not that? sure what that was about. I, I don't know. Other than it does end up with weird... It kind of weirdly bookends the movie, though, when you think about what's going on in her the water mid-credit. Breaking. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't know if she was on her period... You know, or I don't know what it's supposed to be other than a lot of blood, a lot of uh, gnarly blood coming out from between her legs. That'd be a weird fucking way to put a foreshadowing moment in this film. As the introduction to this character. Like, yeah, that she's maybe not her, but yeah, that's weird. I don't know. 
symbolic way of like this cycle. I don't know. They have their weird interaction. <laughs> Patty cake. He cleans his shit though and gets out. Well, he, he he killed the boys. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the few kills that happen off screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't really see that. You just see him walk out in the aftermath. Mm-hmm. But yeah, homeboy gets it. And then, uh, yeah, we get the introduction of Sienna, you know, her family, her brother, her mom, and all that stuff. And Mom's a bitch. Yeah, I was I'm sorry. I, I tried to like her more no. the second time through, and I think I liked her less the second time through. I was going to say, for a mom, and it, I don't haven't seen this very often, if at all, on film, where a mom is actually like a complete bitch <laughs> to her kids <laughs> <laughs> in that manner. I'm like, okay, well, at least she's believable as a bitch. And you look here. I'm she's dealing with grief too. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. But this the movie doesn't spend any time on that. No, no, no. You just not. She's a bitch. <laughs> At a certain point, when Sienna, you know, laying down for the night, we go into that nightmare sequence. The clown cafe dream, dude. That was I was wondering or being like curious what you would think of that. That shit's wild, dude. That shit was wild. A weird contrast from the first movie. There is a scene in the first movie where Art is disappointed that he has to resort to using a gun. Mm, that's right. Right? Yep. This one, he's about it. But you know oh, what? Man. I get it. Because he's not using a, uh, just like a pistol. He's gunning down a shit ton of people with a Tommy gun. Dude, he's That seems fun. a lot more up Art's, you know, art style if he's going to be using a gun. Gangsta. <laughs> yeah, he does. He mows them down, dude. And that's another one where it's like, okay, cool. Like, as soon as he whips out the Tommy gun, I'm like, so he's going to mow them all down. And then the camera proceeds to show us every single person (laughs) getting shot up multiple times. Yeah. It just lingers. It just lingers. (laughs) And I'm like, I've never seen it take so long to shoot this few people. (laughs) But it does. It does. And so you get that. You see... Sienna panicking, all that shit. She reaches for a box of Art Krispies where she pulls out the sword. Which, right. You know, that should be a big <laughs> check off there. But, well, it doesn't look like I have a little fire gun or some yeah, shit. Something yeah, Something like that. Yeah, and it, the sword blocks it. She wakes up. Her fucking bedroom's on fire. The wings catch. All that stuff, so... You're, you're kind of getting this Nightmare on Elm Street kind of shit going on, too, with Art and her. Now, with the weird, slightly supernatural aspect to this movie and her being set up from the beginning to eventually battle him as this warrior queen, which, once again, it's obvious from the get-go, but if you don't get it, the little brother spells it out for you a few times. Oh, the movie. yeah. He's... He keeps telling her that this is what's coming up. Like, oh, no, you are her, like... Yeah, exactly. Dad was telling stories about you, not that you could grow into her, stuff like that. Like, do you feel like her wings getting caught on fire like that were, even whether he was conscious of the fact that he was doing it or not, like a self-defense mechanism to weaken her? Like, Mm. would she have been stronger with the original wings? Or does it play into the prophecy that she was supposed to have more brightly colored wings to do it? Because once again, her saying, wings yeah. end up being pure white, and she's the heroine of this movie. Right. I, you know, she does, like, I, bronze I, the edges. But. That's it. I could see that. Like, how, uh, 
you know, it's part of like this, this trial and tribulation. Yeah. You spent all this time and now it's, I'm burning your wings. It's almost symbolic, like the Phoenix rising and shit like that mm-hmm. too, you know? All oh, right. She has to rise from the ashes, you know? So I could see that, you know, a metaphor for, mm-hmm. but regardless, it's still, it's clever, you know? I didn't think about that. There is a part of me though, where I'm like, would she have been more powerful? Perhaps. Because there is something weirdly supernatural going on. Well, but. exactly. And we don't know to what extent, but it mm-hmm. would still fit if that's the route they went. So I feel like like that's a question I would ask Damien Leone, and he would look <laughs> at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, how high are you? Right now? <laughs> and I'd be like, yes. True. Yes. <laughs> the little brother does a good job. No, he's not bad. He's actually not bad for... A younger brother. I won't say he's not a sidekick, but yeah. He could have been really annoying as fuck, but he wasn't. I don't know why it stuck out to me, but one of my favorite line deliveries in the entire movie, he gives, and it's right after the wings burn, and his mom yells something about him going to school the next day, and he's just like, you mean I still have to go? (laughs) Yeah. Get back to bed. Yeah, he does. That shit's funny, because he comes downstairs. (laughs) Just like... And honestly, you mean he still has to go? Like, your guys' house just burned down. Let the kid have a day off from school. Uh, that's traumatic. That's a story right there. Uh, you don't get many of those like those as a kid. Uh, that does lead to the dead possum stuff. Right, at school. So one of his buddies shows one of their classmate, one of the girls in the class, that dead possum. A little bit later on, you know, Jonathan's feeling sorry because... Looks like it traumatized the girl a little bit, so he's like daydreaming in class, which is a little bit reminiscent of some other shit we've seen before, mm-hmm. like Nightmare on Elm Street. There's that daydreaming Absolutely. scene, stuff like that. So anyway, he asked to be dismissed, go use a restroom, and that's where he bumps into Art and the little pill girl in the hallway, fucking with that possum. And uh, yeah, they're disemboweling it, and he makes a, a little noise, and they notice it, and he takes off, and... So when Phyllis Rose, she comes out and yells at him all that shit. But yeah, he gets in trouble because of it. He gets blamed for it. So I know I've mentioned it a few times in the past, but I really like to eat when I watch movies. Yeah. It's part of the reason I love the fucking AMC that opened up next to us so much. Oh, I nice. can have some fucking food, lean back in a recliner while I watch yeah, a movie on the time. big screen. And I know they're not the only chain that does that, but... They were the first one here in town to do that. And it's still the only one here in town to do that. So it's what I go to. So like for this movie, it wasn't anything fancy, but I wasn't going to just have like my normal dumbass whatever lunch with it. Yeah. You know, I I went and bought a sandwich and I had like an extra treat with me and like (laughs) fucking chips and all sorts, you know, I made it a lunch and I'm watching this movie and I usually have, I'm not worried about it. Usually have a really strong stomach. I was taking a bite, like, right when Art turned that fucking possum, like, inside out. And for a second, I was like, oh, oh, I get what other other people feel now. This is fucking disgusting. Yeah. They were. They were ripping it apart, disemboweling it, taking its, you know, its intestines out and all that stuff. So it's pretty gnarly. Also, when the kid first bit into the fucking art That's, cereal, crispy, art, whatever, yeah, what's yeah, it called? Yeah. Art Krispies. Art Krispies. I had just took a bite of sandwich oh, no. with, like, 
that I had just piled a bunch of chips on. Oh, yeah, I get the crunch. And so I got that crunch, like, right when he bought, bit into it, and I had to stop for a second. I was like... Uh-oh, yeah, you want to make sure you're not Nope, bleeding. I'm good. And then we went back at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that gets back to that Barbarian Sound Studio shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that Foley work is a Not just fucker. that, but, like, that's the sort of things that, like, getting into some of the other kills, I can't imagine what it feels like to have a scalpel ripped down the side of my face. Good grief, man. No thanks. I can imagine what it might feel like to accidentally bite into something oh, that cuts me. Right, 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 right. Because I think we've all experienced that to some extent. You right. Know, chewing, it's, biting your, whatever. We've talked about it in other movies. Like, some of this shit is really hardcore, but the thing that makes you flinch oh. is, like, when the person gets their finger broke. Oh, it's just stuff Or that, get, like, stabbed under the fingernail or something. Stuff that's, uh, I would say, a natural fear, like... Most people are going to have that fear, especially with your body. Mm-hmm. It gets in that body horror sensation shit. And yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but I like it because it's effective. Yeah. So like kid biting in to the, the Art Krispies <laughs> right shit. when I fucking crunch my sandwich. Yeah, I had to stop for a second because yeah. I was like, yeah, real reaction. Okay. No, my shit's good. Let's <laughs> not keep me, going. Not me, it was him. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, dude. Uh, we haven't really gotten to the good. I mean, we have, but. Arguably my favorite one because I'm like, man, they really went for it. But before that, Sienna and her friend Allie, they wound up going into the Halloween store because of her wings, right? Or she needed to get some shit. And that's where Art's in the store. He's being, you know, his self. <laughs> Himself. <laughs> He's and being him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Allie, I think, is the first one to, to bump into him. And then he starts to slowly antagonize Sienna. And you could tell she's getting real disturbed. <laughs> and uh, there's actually a good kill because that clerk, the guy's name's actually Jonathan Davis. I looked him up too. He was um, in an episode of one of the Gillian Keeves television series too, which, man, I can't, I can't recommend that shit high enough. <laughs> Sketch comedy is hilarious. Anyway, yeah, he gets it pretty good, man. First, okay, before we get into his kill, there was one thing I noticed in the shop that caught my eye. And there was a Zoltan fortune teller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, no shit? All right. Yeah, no, they put little references here and there and there, which is really neat. But a broken beer bottle is used in a way that I'm sure uh, Randall's grandmother would have approved of. Yeah, we don't have to say much more. If you know, you know. (laughs) Oof. That was the first line that popped into my head. I I mean, I get it. (laughs) I totally get it. But damn, he gets it bad, right? So like in the eye, stabbed up, fucking wrenched around a little bit, slammed down on the fucking counter, chop halfway through the top of the head, and then head off. Jesus. Once again, it just continues. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like chill art. Damn. He's already like, okay, beer bottle. Saw that coming only because Art grabbed it, obviously. But mm-hmm. like, okay. But and then it just keeps going. All that extra shit, you're like, whew, okay. That's where I knew, like, to the first time around, I was like, man, this film's going there, dude. It's taking that extra step. Okay, no, the next kill is the definition of the extra oh, step. That one right there, that's going to break a lot of motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't care how seasoned of a horror fan you are, this one is not easy for a lot of people. The next kill is also arguably the most darkly comedic. I think so. Because in a way, it's like, 
it's the natural progression is <sighs> if like, let's say you're talking yeah, over the script, you're talking over what this kill is going to be and you have it down and you've written it down. And so you're not afraid of losing that. And then you and your friends sit there and just start riffing. Yeah. And it's like, you start talking about, about how bad it actually is. And then just start trying to one up each other to see how it could get worse to almost ludicrous amounts. And then you decide, wait, all of that sounded great. Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> Who is it? I think it was South Park. And I've talked to somebody, I, I want to say it was Patrick, but they talked about how they kind of come up with some of the ideas of, for the absurdity, you know, in terms of comedic fucked. And they, they ask themselves the questions like, you do this and then, or but what if? Mm-hmm. And that's what this feels like. But what if we did this and then we did this? It's... <laughs> it's the slasher kill like and then improv. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So, so we did that's this, this and kind of then felt, right, and and then what? It's like well we and then and then <laughs> yeah, and then that's it. <laughs> no um, more and then. <laughs> and it's even kind of set up in a way that reminds me of like trick or treat because yeah. you can argue that it's in this case it's kind of a Sam scenario where it's revenge for Allie being shitty at the door. Yes. Because first off, I don't give a fuck if it's an adult. Give them some fucking candy. Yeah, it's like... Or have some fucking tuna ready to go. All right, exactly, Alex. (laughs) Couple cans. (laughs) Some sardines. Have some sardines ready to go. (laughs) It didn't have to be specific, but... You're right. She's she's kind of breaking tenements. Like candy, adults get sardines. Yeah, that's fine. Or you don't know what the adult's (laughs) case is. Like, maybe they're mentally the right age. Right, 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 right. Regardless, I mean, they, they took the Maybe effort. Maybe not, out. even if it's a fucking just. Saying, dude, if you came out and you took the effort, I, like, at least I can do is drop a piece of candy in your bag. Yeah, it's a fucking fun size Snickers. <laughs> you know like, what I whatever. mean? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. If it keeps them from brutalizing me, I'm good. You don't have to be a dick like Allie was. Allie was no. a dick about it. No. Now, to be fair, he was the creepo from the fucking costume show. Yes, shop. yes, yes. So neither do, is she obligated to be nice to this Right, guy. and then you know, I don't think either one of us are advocating for the fact that she's about to get her shit no. ripped apart. But in the, like, like I said, <laughs> it reminded me of Trick or Treat and That's Sam. Solid. It's yeah. like in Breaking the Halloween Traditions, she does deserve it yeah. in that sense. Yeah, there's a price to pay and she fucked up. Should we? <laughs> so much it. happens to Allie. I'm like, how do we want to go through this? Because it doesn't just, it doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. So it starts off with the scalpel slashing down the side of her face. Right, catches her fucking eye. Catches her eye. Yep. Then she gets scalped. Yeah, he scalps her. Then he flays her back. Yep, then he flays her back. Then I put, he rips and breaks off one of her arms. Yeah, so he... he (laughs) Grabs the arm, breaks it, but then just keeps wrenching it around until he's able to rip it off. Rips, yes. Then he grabs the other hand and like like Vulcan style, but then pulls it apart. Yes. So that her hand basically, to reference a movie we watched not too long ago, basically ends up with kind of what the Weeper's hands look like in the new Hellraiser. Yeah. Solid point. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. (laughs) Jesus, man. Then... If that's not bad enough. <laughs> he leaves the room. Mm-hmm. Comes back in. All giddy. To pour bleach all over her. Yes. 
and literally, and then literally <laughs> rub salt in the wounds. Yes, literally. Yes. And she is, I would say her character is very cognizant of what's happening to her. Followed up by, and this is going to, this finishes the kill eff- effectively, but it does skip over something that a fun reference in between. Yeah. Because there is a small scene that breaks it up. He then just has her on the bed at some point and is just chopping into her legs and just yeah. gradually chopping them to pieces. And that's when her mom comes in and mm-hmm. sees all that shit. And <laughs> I'm like, man, how. I mean, that's traumatizing. That's something you can never, ever unsee. We don't see the mom get killed, but we see the aftermath. Right, 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 right. But it's still like, Jesus, she walks in and, and Allie's the mom. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Which I'm going to argue that's also supernatural. Yes, I think so. I think so. At that stage, because... Whether she's... The fact that she's actually alive... That's or whether he's, shit. Yeah. Or whether he's animating the corpse to fuck with the mom in some way. But right, there's no right. way that she's alive by any other means with there's that no amount of way, man. Not with how deeply he's hacked into her legs. No, I think the shock and alone would probably yeah. would have killed her by this point. Like I said, there's that little bit in between where we have the conversation of Sierra about to go out and uh, she's talking to her mom. And the only really notable <laughs> thing I wanted to bring this up is yeah. because that scene opens with the mom watching TV and we get the they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, that's good stuff. Which is funny because that's her mom's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. Well, once again, if you know movies, if you know how super obvious horror foreshadowing yeah. works, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know at that point that like it's not going to be a super fun ending for Sierra because no. mom's definitely getting killed. That is very clever, too, to use that, you know, the movie reference to foreshadow this woman's death. And arguably a a long walk shout out to uh, Shaun of the Dead that's did the same thing. Yeah, no, it's it's clever. It's really clever, and I like that. Yeah, because this mom's name was Barbara too, isn't it? <laughs> and when they're gonna go get her and Philip? Yeah, Nick Frost and Barbara. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's what. Yep. 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 No, it's man, that's fucking clever. It's super meta too, but I like it. Like I said, we have the aftermath of mom's murder or Allie's mom's murder. Yes, because yes. you have. Art passing out the candy from her head. That's fucked up. But that I was liked fucked, it. right? I liked it. And the kids were remarking, like, wow, that's messed up. It looks so real. <laughs> Why is it so sticky? Uh, just take it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and Art fucking silently just losing Giddy. it once they leave. Gosh, man. Thornton kills it. Dude, I- Thornton. What? Kills. Kills. And, and kills, for somebody kills, who kills, doesn't kills. have to say a single fucking line, Right, he's the Silent Bob of this motherfucker. He really Except he is. doesn't even have the Silent Bob. At least speaks. Right. Actually, we know that motherfucker doesn't shut up. But, <laughs> but yeah, as far as character wise, he doesn't have like this profound moment in the film where he's laying something poetic. You know, we no. don't get that. He's just <laughs> the worst thing to imitate on an audio medium. Yeah, because you can't see it. You can't even hear it. <laughs> uh, basically, what I wrote down is this is where. Barbara scolds Jonathan about all the school stuff. And then she goes on, are in on him about his dad's sketches in that book. She rips all that stuff up. Slaps him. Yeah, he's like, I thought that bitch. that was going to come around in a bigger way. Like, I thought that there was going to be some... 
yeah. either mad emotional or something like with Sierra eventually finding out or something. Yeah, but no, 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 you didn't get any of that. He winds up just dipping out after that. And then uh, I think she's going after him or something. Then she's going like in, into the car garage. She goes in the garage because I think she's going to drive and try to find him and run after yeah, him. Yeah, then she sees her car vandalized and she thinks it's him. Uh, Jonathan, that is, like, you know, shaving cream, toilet paper, all that stuff. Now, she had mentioned earlier in the movie that that shit happened to her car every year because of the fucking neighbors. Probably because she's a bitch, by the way. I mean, even Sienna, her, her friends are like, don't tell your mom that you're doing drugs, especially your mom. Especially <laughs> don't your call mom. your mom when you're tripping. Especially your mom. Right, so it would make sense. And she's giving off all the bitch Karen vibes anyway. So it makes me curious, like, the movie softly implies that it was actually art. Mm. The son didn't have time. No, no, there's no way. But there's a part of me that wonders if it was still just, like, the neighbor kids, like, breaking in. Probably. And art just took advantage Use of it. Use it as a guise, yeah. And it I don't think it matters sense. either way. No, It's, it's just, just something that in my head I'm like, I wonder if it might have been. No, I think you're probably right. And it just, hope coincidentally... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he used it. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? Because, boom, headshot. That reminded me, you talk about all these references, that reminded me of the scene of Maniac. With oh, the, right. Because it's the other way around. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild, man. Yeah, and her fucking head gets blown off. But then, <laughs> to make matters worse for Jonathan, when he does come back home, finds his mom in the dining room with her face all fucking imploded in. She's got a, a fucking canyon for a head. Exactly. And here comes Art with some mashed potatoes. And just... Feeds. Once again, how does how does it get worse? <laughs> By doing a fucking house that Jack built. Yeah, dude. And feeding the fucking dead face. You're like, what Except in this fuck? case, it's just shoving a fucking fistful of mashed potatoes and down her fucking face hole. Right. <laughs> like... This motherfucker gives zero fucks, period. <laughs> Mixed in with this, we do go to the party and right. uh, homegirl fucking doses Sierra. Yep. And, you know, she's going through like all these different emotions. Um, what was uh, what was her homegirl's name? That girl's name was Brooke. Brooke's actress needs more work. Yeah. She was really good. She was really good. Yeah, she's not she bad. She gives major Catherine Hahn vibes. Yeah. I could see that too, which is not a bad comparison. And yes, please, I'll take more Catherine Hahn any day. No, no doubt. No, she does a good job. <laughs> so everybody, I think in this film, they're competent enough to where they don't feel like out of place in this film. Also, I felt like her and her dude were weirdly adorable. Yeah, I mean, they felt like a couple. Yeah. Like, they were both kind of shitheads, but they were shitheads in a way that matched each other. Right, exactly. They matched their, each other's vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's perfect. But you're right. I think they, they did a good job in that, in their roles, respective roles. So, little brother gets kidnapped, and they get sidetracked to go... I mean, they're set up by Art and the, yeah. the pale girl, which that was, scene was fun. Yeah, it is good. She did a good job of doing the, the lip-syncing. Dude, that was... Pretty decent. That's not bad. I wonder if maybe it was the other way around. If he uh, had to match lines to... Her saying that, like... Uh -huh. I wonder which way they did it. Well, all right. This is my take. This this could be a hot take on it. Not really, but... I think she matched him, right? Be, uh, it's like being that 
David Howarthorn is miming his mm-hmm. role. I wonder if that's, that girl did the same. Right. Like just miming or pantomiming mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah. But it was good. Yeah. That's no, the it was, point. It was, it was good. good. Yeah. It draws her out. So they're there. Of course, she goes in while the couple stays out in the car. Yeah, do some drugs, which is a big no-no. <laughs> I mean, they've already done and drugs. sex, which is a big no-no. And then he goes to take a, a wizard. Okay, so is it weird that the dick stabbing is one of the, like, tamer kills of the movie? Because it, it, it's really normally, not that bad. Normally, I would say yes, that that is weird that you would say that, or I would say, or anybody would say that, right? But in the context of this film, it probably is one of the weaker of the kills, if you will, or scenes of violence. Because they don't really show much. No, I mean, it still sucks. No one wants wants to get their fucking dick ripped off or stabbed or any of that shit. It's mostly that Art stabs like 20 times. Right. Exactly. And he does have like a bit of a fucking hot dog that he smears against the window, (laughs) but it's honestly hardly even enough to like... Yeah. Not that he's got. I'm not no, saying I know he's you're saying. Good. I know you're saying. It made it sound like a small dick joke. <laughs> no, but it's more just like th- this thing's cut to shit. You can't tell what the fuck it is. It looks right. like a fucking exploded fucking <laughs> hot dog in a fucking microwave. Right. Covered like, in ketchup that he at, fucking. At that, yeah. Ago. At that point, you're not looking at its form. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of whatever. Her getting killed was a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Although that was fucked. that was some of the less realistic effects, if that yeah, makes sense. Given, given. It's almost just like her her chest caves in to like, not like caves in. No, but it's like it be like it's like you busted through a floor to a fucking basement or something. It's just <laughs> like the fucking bottom falls out and suddenly she has a giant cavity in her fucking like, chest. What the fuck? Yeah. I liked it still. Yeah, I mean, it's still brutal. Getting acid thrown in your face, getting clubbed over the head with this makeshift bat. So, did you did you see any of the trivia about that acid? Yeah, it's like the most like lethal, I guess, or like most potent acid in the world. Well, they tone it down for this movie. It's too corrosive to be in glass. Yeah, I was like, that, that stuff... I mean, yeah, if it's that corrosive, there's no way you're handling it like that. Uh, from what I understand, and I have no idea about different acids and its effects, but the way somebody described how corrosive it is, it sounds like if he would have thrown that at her, it would have basically just made her head a canyon like mom's. Yeah. It's, it would have disintegrated right in front of your face. <laughs> Which I kind of wish we would have got. That would have been gnarly. But I guess they, they wanted to draw out. The kill a little bit longer, yeah, that's so okay. whatever. Yeah, that's like, okay. that's one of the funniest fucking moments in the movie when she holds up her fucking makeshift club and he <laughs> just holds up his. That's just hilarious. <laughs> and his all fucking spiked out and shit. Yeah, and you're like, fuck. God damn it. I fucking <laughs> laughed at that shit. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> but it's still good, dude. Dude, the alley shit. I, I want to back up for a no, second. Just because. This is one of the few times in a movie that I have exclaimed out loud. And I was like, I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that was akin to like my initial impression, too, because I was like, man, when I see stuff like that, especially first time, you know, and not expecting that level of brutality, there's a part of me like where I'm like, yes, fuck, yes, because it is so gnarly. 
it's like Frankenstein girl versus vampire yeah. girl, but taken seriously. Exactly. Because yeah, in that film, you know, it's, it's, it's like a live top. action anime, right? You know, it's going to be over the top for that purpose. But in this case, yeah, this is like, it gets to the same places, but taking yeah, seriously. Yes. Yes. Like it, this, <laughs> this was like, fuck. I mean, I guess that's where, like, the Adam Chaplin of it all comes in, too. Yes. Because that was also kind of just, like, a live-action anime. Absolutely. This, once again, isn't, like, a live-action anime, but ends up in the same places somehow. You and did, the same places that those movies end right, up. Right, 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 right. As far as, like, the, the I won't say end result, but in this case, the, the result you get out of Allie's death. Mm-hmm. Or her brutality, if you will. Yeah, it... Or most of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I would I honestly agree with that. And then he eats the heart. That was cool. Whatever. Yeah, he rips it out, eats it. Whatever. Um, At he, this point, that's kind of just like, eh. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then at a point, you know, Allie comes in. I'm not, well, I keep saying Allie. Sierra. Yeah, she comes in, she finds Brooke. And then Art starts to, you know, fuck her up. He beats her ass pretty good. I was going to say, for as much as her and Jonathan get their ass beat, compared to everybody else in the movie, they also have the most obvious plot armor. Oh, yeah. By far. And I'm counting the fact that she technically dies. No, she does. 100%. She dies, and she still has the biggest plot armor in the movie. Because <laughs> they get fucked up, but they don't get fucked. I wouldn't want to have what happens to them happen no, to me. Oh, fuck. The no. way he fucking whips them with that shit and fucking stabbing them and all that shit. Dude, he was whipping he, that trick. And <laughs> God damn. And he fucking... Boots her to the head real good a few times. Yeah, I was like, he kicks her ass pretty good. She gets pretty fucking stabbed. Yeah. Don't want any of that happening to me. No. But compared to everybody else in the movie, fucking nothing. Yeah. Nothing. No, no, no. Oh, no way. I. <laughs> no, that's such a fucked up thing to say. Or think in a sense is like, which would I rather have? Get my ass handed to me or getting brutalized? <laughs> it's like, I think I'd rather get my ass kicked. Still would suck. I don't give a shit that it's kind of like a nonsensical Deus Machina yeah. ending where she suddenly gets resurrected by the fucking knife, yeah, the, the sword so that her dad gave her that this entire time has been hinted to be supernatural this entire time. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, and it makes this movie's ending happy. As happy yeah. as it can be for the fact that for, all of her friends are dead and her mom is dead. I know. <laughs> but it truly makes this movie as happy as it as possibly it can, can be. be. Right. Exactly. No, I agree with I that. I kind of don't care. Because it's point, been yeah. set up the entire time. We know that her name is Queen Phoenix. Dude, come on. We know that it's been hinted that it's supernatural. Yes. Whatever, I don't give a shit. She hurt, kills Art with it. That was maybe the second lamest kill of the movie. Yeah. Just, you know, decapitates him, big deal, whatever. But for a final girl moment, oh, it's it's up there. Yeah, i say that's exactly what you want out of a final girl moment. And this is defeating a far worse monster than most other final Jesus, girls have to deal with. Fucking Christ. Yeah. Hell yeah. So as cheesy as it kind of feels, it feels like an achievement. Yeah. 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 You, I would not discredit what she accomplished at the end. No, no, there's no way I could, but yeah, in terms of just, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's not necessarily anticlimactic, but sometimes it feels that way. 
It's like, okay, well, there, but it's one of the, it's one of the rare parts of this movie that is more about the mood than the action. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Now here, after that, right after that happens, little pearl girl comes in, grabs a head and there, that, that appears to be that, but it's not. Because we get well, the, she does the light eyes. Yeah, that's I like that. She she also does that in the van mm-hmm. as well, which is really cool. She also does a, like the quote unquote laying of the hands on uh, Sienna earlier in the film, where she actually sees what happens to her mom. Do you think that those are at all like an homage to the deadlights? I could see that. It yeah mm-hmm. for sure. I could see that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's just like one of his victims coming back. I, I don't know to what extent, but. There are some unanswered questions, at least. Like, what exactly is her dad's role in all this? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that he sketched all this stuff, and it was almost He got prophetic. a brain tumor, started right. going kind of weird crazy. Right, right, right. But I want to know more about that, because that has some huge implications. Mm-hmm. You know, there are connections to all of this stuff. So there's that, and, uh, you know, and what we're about to get is... <sighs> It leads into um, the psychiatric ward where we finally get to see Chris Jericho. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> yes, he's in I it. I remember that seeing that Jericho was in it, and the entire movie, I was like, did I did I blink and fucking did miss I him? Miss him? Yeah, no, you didn't. Because yes, he's in it. He's not in it for for long, but it's yeah, you know, it's him. Basically, he's set up to be the first kill of the next movie. I think so. I think or so. the second kill because Nurse is probably Nurse the first probably kill. get the first one. She fucked up by even opening that door. But before we get to that, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Chris Jericho and this other nurse, and they're kind of discussing Vicky Hayes, who is the victim from the the last film, right? Who we thought was going to be our final girl, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. All right, so because of what she did to that reporter, she wound up ripping that reporter's face all the fuck. She's in the psychiatric ward, and then she starts to bleed and shit. We don't know necessarily that it's her, but you kind of know mm-hmm. it's her. And he's like, all right, what's going on? And they're discussing, you know, like what it's like, I guess, to what's going on with her from day to day. But long story short, that nurse starts to hum that tune we hear from the Clown Cafe song because she's saying that Vicky's doing that. And he's like, huh, where'd, where'd, you, where'd you hear that? Yeah, he's like, he's recognizing it, but he doesn't know from what. Right. So she goes to check on Oh Home Girl, and you hear like cunt, <laughs> all this <laughs> screaming. And she goes in, she opens it up, and you see that she's licking Art's head. So it looks like she gave birth to Art's head. She has Vicky plus Art. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, that's where, that kind of gets back to what I was saying with the short. Because you get some of that. Not to that extent, but you get a little bit of that. Okay. Where it's like, what the fuck is happening right where now? Yeah, this coming, weird rebirth this, cycle. This fucking dude just coming up out of the earth. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? So yeah, there's there's a little bit of that. And that's what I'm wondering. He's like, okay. What is this actual, like, supernatural thing going on? Because it's there, but I don't know the whole extent, mm-hmm. you know, of what it imbibes, I guess. But hopefully, in part three, because it appears we're going to get that, it starts answering a little bit more of those questions. And well, if I, not, that's okay, too. I but think I, Sierra's coming back. I hope so, dude. She's good. Yeah. She was really good. I think... I, if her I brother comes I was... back, that's fine, but if not... I thought I was seeing something about like part of her deal is like okay. the character is coming back or. Well, from know. what I briefly read too, it sounds like Damien, he wanted that character, except for like the last decade, basically. Mm. And he felt like the actress, she really encompassed 
what he had envisioned in that character. So he got to make it happen. And I mean, uh, if she's just like the Jamie Lee Curtis of this franchise, oh, I'm okay with it. I'm quite all right with that. Like, said so she, man, and that's where having that first impression after the first view and like, oh man, I wonder, like, so I was wondering what you had to think uh, or had to say about this film with these characters, the kills, all that other shit. It all works for me. Yeah, it and it's like, I, I feel me. like, yeah, she's a, a better final girl, even though, like I so said, this, Vicky Hayes really wasn't a final girl. No. She's not. Um, no, she's a vessel for something else. Jesus. <laughs> Yo, and that's what I'm wondering. Like, I wonder if some certain victims might be vessels for a reincarnation mm. of art, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, the fuck with the little pale girl. No, I liked her. That, that girl yeah. did a good fucking job. Yeah. Um, Creepy. I'm still wondering where it goes next. Yeah, I'm really curious. Is art just going to regrow a body? Well, I would think it's going to start in the ward. <laughs> I would think. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, if you're bringing back in a Tierra Sienna character, to what extent are you bringing her back to? Right. To like exact revenge on, I don't know, the origin of, who knows? Could it get there cosmic? Could be more with her dad? Yeah, it's like, could, could this wind up being like Phantasm where <laughs> you got a whole planet of these motherfuckers? Mm-hmm. I'm excited to where it could go, and it doesn't necessarily have to go anywhere. No, it doesn't. It really they doesn't. They can keep it just being a weird fucking slasher if they keep it up to these expectations. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be hard for me to expect Terrifier 3 to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Because Especially if you're trying to like stay on this playing field in terms of... Uh, Special effects and brutality and all that stuff, gore. Yeah. At a certain point, like, where else do you go? Mm. But I'm excited to see, because I kind of felt that before, too, and then they pulled this out of their ass. I was just saying, I was like, A, I was wondering, like, how the fuck do you make this film two and a half hours, or two hours, 20, whatever? And it was like, okay, well, they did that. And then, A, yeah, how do you ratchet it up and it still makes sense? And they did all of that. (laughs) Better, so, arguably better. Yeah, yeah. I think Leon's starting to hone his craft. Now he and I think like just a few other people helped with the visual effects on this. You know, prosthetics and makeup and all that other stuff, practical effects and pew. He said there's just a few instances of uh, like CG, mm. and that was just just compositing things. faces. Yeah. basically just yeah, superimposing faces mm. on victims or dolls and shit. So if that's that, Makes sense. I'm fine with that. Fuck yeah. Everything I mean, else is and I, Once again, I don't hate CG, especially no. when it's used like that. That's yeah. the perfect way to use it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've talked about in the past. It's not to uh, to be the most prominent thing in it. It's more or less to enhance what Make you it already smooth. have. Right, exactly. Make it safe. Yeah, so you smooth out the edges. Exactly. Make it safe. Yeah, because no <laughs> shit. It'd be hard to pull off a lot of this stuff with somebody in prosthetics or makeup and stuff. <laughs> and not feel a certain way, I guess. But mm-hmm. I'm okay with a doll having this happen to it. Absolutely. All day long. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's yeah. fine. But boy, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Hire me to do it myself. Can I slash one of the dolls? Uh, Let me slash There's a couple of things. Like, I wondered how he pulled that shit off. With, but I was like, yeah, I mean, you got to keep thinking of mine. It's like, I'm sure they probably digitally remove certain things. The initial alley slice is super impressive. It really is. It's almost feels fluid, mm-hmm. like one one motion. There's a couple of things I noticed with some cuts, especially with the whipping scene. You can see some of the cuts. It's pretty obvious, but regardless, when the clerk at the shop, when he gets 
the head shop. Yeah. If you're paying attention, the beer bottle part looks like a quarter of good as it did the scene before. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's just minute things that you can, but like if like, that's not what you're supposed to be paying attention. No, it's like, that's, that's us critiquing things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to be paying attention to that. No, You're supposed to be watching this guy get his head chopped halfway through. Maybe a little like in Cannibal Holocaust, what we talked about is if you pay attention to the smearing of the blow with the knife, it's it's similar to that. It's like you're not supposed to be paying attention to that because there's other shit coming behind that's going to really gobsmack you. Yeah, and that's, and you're that's not supposed to be looking. You're what you're supposed to be seeing is the knife being drawn across skin and right. blood going down. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. But you're not supposed to be it. staring at the cut itself like what it's we like, do. Yeah, it's like this far <laughs> in, man, and we can't help but notice. Uh, here's something I think is actually really interesting too. Most horror fans are already fans of this gentleman, but Stephen King, he said he gave it a shout out on Twitter saying Terrifier 2 grossing you out old school. Yeah. And I think I was telling Stephen that. I was like, this has a little bit of like that exploitation drive through kind of old school grimy feeling last house on the left kind of shit. Quality wise, I think he should be ranked up here. He never will because I think he's just not going to have as much work of as this gentleman that I'm going to put him beside, but Leon and everyone working on the effects for terrifiers names deserve to go up with the likes of Tom Savini. Dude. Yeah. And KGB. They do a good job. They do. If I had, yeah, if I had to hire a, an indie team to do my visual effects or or like practical effects, I should say. Yeah, dude, they fucking do it good. They do a good job. Up there with fucking Phil Tippett. Dude, it's hard to argue, man. This shit looks good. Shit looks good looks on screen, dude. Good. It doesn't just look good. It looks good on screen. Yeah. This movie's just impressed the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like I said, it's not going to be for everybody. We already know that. <laughs> no. It's definitely not. And I wouldn't recommend this to everybody either. If you have a group of like-minded friends, though, this that can handle this, film. this is a good party film. It really would be, Because you really... The story is better. You still don't have yeah. to pay attention to it. No, you really don't, because you can you can tune out and pick back up, and you still know what the fuck's going on. You know, Absolutely. the the only thing I think where you might want to sit down if you're really interested is those kills. Mm-hmm. That's where you need. You don't want to walk out on those. No. Everything and else. Even you then, can, a couple of them like yeah, oh, dudes about to get dick stabbed. That's I'm gonna okay. go out to the porch for a minute. Yeah, exactly. I'll take a little smoke break, whatever. Get a snack, whatever. <laughs> but, but the other shit you want to be in on, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just, if you know someone can handle it, showing it to them for the first time. Oh, yeah. They have to be able to handle it, though. Yeah. Like, otherwise, you might get slapped right there. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, it's a movie. <laughs> I love it. This is, I mean, I'm not going to automatically put it in, like, my top ten of all time or something no. drastic like that. But, like I said, I think it's an instant all-timer. Yeah, as far as in the slashers, it's hard to argue, man. Especially, I would say even more so now, at the the new millennium, if you will. Yeah, this this is up there, man. One hundred percent. Ooh, it's mean. Ooh, it's mean. I like it. Yeah, brutal, mean, old school. Hell yeah. What's next time? We figured it out, Cannibal. but I can't remember. Oh, that's oh. right. Cannibal for row. Yeah, for real, for row. <laughs> A row? <laughs> a row. <laughs> um, yeah, having done that Cannibal Holocaust look back, we decided to 
sort of jump in and finally get to this one. We've talked about it for a long time. Supposedly, it's just Umberto Lenzi's ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust. (laughs) But as we both talked about off air, it also seems to hold its own on lists of movies like Cannibal Holocaust. So we're curious what makes it different enough to stand on its own legs like that. So we will get into Cannibal Faroe next time. And then we'll have to think of something else to probably cap off what's going to be a gory, disgusting segment. Because that's kind of the <laughs> the theme that yeah. we're seeming to go with currently. So I guess until then, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.